worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in on in Arcola. On today's show, we're going to be chatting with the Canadian Grain Commission as they are going to be reminding farmers about grading changes that will be happening on August 1st. We'll talk about a new producer-centered project that will join a national network of living labs that's aimed at sequestering carbon and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And we'll talk to you about how you can celebrate tomorrow being food day. And we'll also chat about Adam Piccolo and the markets this week. All that and more with the farm weather and market update in their usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.com. Starting August 1st, changes will be made to the Grain Grading Guide. Chris Wanatawi, the Program Manager for the National Inspection Standards with the Canadian Grain Commission, explains some of the changes. Well, some of the big ones are going to be uh, with standard samples. Uh, we're going to be updating those after uh, extensive research that we've um, conducted over multiple years. And we found that uh, mildew had a minimal impact on flower yield, uh, the refinement, dough properties, and baking quality. Um, but however, uh, uh, mildew will remain a grading factor because um, it does provide uh, quality protection that uh, company with sprout tolerances. And I guess uh, where producers are going to see uh, the big benefit is that the the number three Canada Western Red Spring and the number three Canada Western Red Winter will no longer be graded lower than the number three on account of mildew. We've also updated the number one and the number two Canada Western Red Spring, and they will be replaced. Why did the Grain Commission decide to make these changes? Well, it's been brought up um, many different years uh, about the impacts of mildew and end-use quality. We were receiving a lot of feedback and wanted to make sure that Prior to doing anything, we had the research and the science to back that up. So it originally started at the, um, the wheat subcommittee and the Western and Eastern Standards Committees where, where we were getting this feedback. And it took a couple of years for our grain research lab, but we, we went out and made sure that uh, the science backed it up. For farmers, what do these changes mean for them looking forward? It's just a, a little bit of a relaxed um, standard within mildew. Um, still need to be accountable for what's uh, being grown. 
we're trying to make sure that you can get the best price um, for the product that you grow. And if farmers wanted more information on these changes, where can they go and find that? Full list of changes should be available on our website. So it's grainscanada.gc.ca. If you go up into the, the notice to industry, there's uh, some trade memos and they'll be reflective in the official grain grading guide. Uh, then we'll also have some other changes that will be uh, coming into effect August 1st. So we can go into a little bit more detail. And you just mentioned those other changes. Can you go into a little bit more detail about the other changes that are going to be happening uh, come August 1st? We're going to have excreta tolerances for domestic mustard seed. Uh, We've realized that tremendous advances have been made in equipment uh, and the processes used for cleaning mustard. Um, You know, it's determined excreta should have a a strict but reasonable grade tolerance because food safety issues uh, affect all grades and it shouldn't be a cascading system. That's one of the big ones. Um, we've also updated the description for good natural color in beans, the um, allowable broken deduction on export shipments of canola. That's, that's been changed as well. So, again, for a full list, you can, uh, you can get that on our website. And there's going to be another change that's going to be regarding canola. Can you touch a little bit on that? Well, I'd probably mention, I guess, just one last uh, tolerance change. It's uh, in terms of conspicuous admixture in canola. You know, inspicuous admixtures is defined of uh, seeds like common wild mustard, domestic uh, oriental mustard, and brown mustard. And uh, it was discovered that quality concerns came up with uh, 5% admixture when, when mustard was mixed in with canola, uh, basically changed the composition and, and generally speaking was no longer considered canola. So that was uh, going to be moving down to a, a 1%. I don't uh, feel that that's going to impact producers. Um, This is just, again, strictly a science-based tolerance that uh, we want to make sure that uh, it's going to provide the best end use of of Canadian uh, canola. That was Chris Wanatawi, the Program Manager for National Inspection Standards with the Canadian Grain Commission. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion is brought to you by Prairie Six X Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. A new producer center project will join a national network of living labs that are aimed at sequestering carbon and reducing greenhouse gas emissions from farmland. The South of the Divide Conservation Action Program is launching the major initiative to identify agriculture Agriculture practices to mitigate climate change with $8 million in support from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada over the next five years. Kelly Williamson, the co-executive director of the South of the Divine Conservation Action Program, explains more about it. It's an innovative approach that brings a multitude of stakeholders together to co-develop and test uh, new management practices at a scale and context that they'll be implemented in. And so those stakeholders are researchers, industry folks, and actual farmers and ranchers that are implementing the activities. And so unlike plot-scale research, it'll be in that working landscape, and it'll have to include that uh, complexity and suite of factors that are in that landscape, kind of unlike plot-style research. Our teams will be looking at uh, soils, uh, plants, production, profitability, 
socioeconomic uh, attributes, such as people's attitude to acceptance. We'll be uh, implementing this across three major soil zones in Saskatchewan. So we'll be in the black, dark brown, and brown soil zones. Uh, I think we've got about 25 sites across the province. And what is kind of the goal of this project? Yeah, so the main goals of, of this round of living labs is quantifying uh, uh, carbon storage, uh, greenhouse gas uh, mitigation and reductions, and then looking at a, a suite of other uh, cool benefits, whether that be uh, biodiversity, you know, financial uh, implications, uh, cultural values, and, and you know other ecological costs or benefits that that are uh, associated with the adoption of the practices that we're implementing. And why is this project important for farmers? I think the soil health aspect that we'll be uh, we'll be pulling into the project is going to be real beneficial to the farmers and ranchers. Um, We'll be uh, looking at a, a, a suite of different practices here. Uh, the four main ones will, will be avoidance of uh, destruction of, of carbon uh, carbon sinks, such as wetlands in, in native prairies. Uh, we'll be looking at perennial enhancements with legumes and uh, restoration of um, marginal lands. We'll be looking at different grazing management strategies. And uh, last but not least, we'll be looking at a suite of different polycropping opportunities. And earlier you mentioned that you have around 25 farmers that are participating in this project. Where are they located? Is it all around Saskatchewan? Is it more in the southern portion? Where are these farmers located? We're in the black, uh, dark brown and brown soils. And so we have uh, across all of southern Saskatchewan, I, I would say just touching into the Aspen Parkland and down. Uh, we do have a couple restoration sites that we're partnering with some folks in southeastern Alberta. The majority of, uh, of the southern half of Saskatchewan will be taken in and a, and a little bit uh, partnering with southeastern Alberta. We've seen federally a huge focus on reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and you mentioned that this project has an aim at sequestering carbon and reducing greenhouse gas emissions from farmland. Could you just touch a little bit more on that? We are definitely trying to form baselines and understand exactly what farmers and ranchers are are bringing as far as carbon sequestration and greenhouse reduction within their operations. As you mentioned, federally this is becoming... uh, a very uh, big focal point and, and a big part of our project is, is getting baselines and understanding of uh, carbon potentials on, on grasslands, native grasslands, uh, perennial gr- uh, grassland systems, uh, within those polycropping uh, systems, and understanding what farmers are br- bringing to the table for uh, those values. We've seen a big push uh, in over the last few years for or reforestation, and not so much recognition of our uh, our forage and, and perennial landscapes. And I, I think there's a there's an opportunity for us to tell that story and, and bring those values forward, and and hopefully be recognized uh, down the road. That was Kelly Williamson. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. 
Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's cover some ground here on the new SCAP program or SCAP. I don't know anybody in Canada that knows more about risk management programs than Steve Funk. He's the director of Ag Risk Management Resources at MNP. He joins us right now. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks. We've got the the announcement of an agreement. I guess give us the the overall umbrella here as far as what we know at this point. Uh, Obviously, it's called the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. I guess, what do we know to this point and what are we still waiting to find out? Sean, what I liken this to is back in high school when you wrote an essay, they taught you to write an outline first. And that's what the federal, provincial, territorial ministers do is they're basically giving us a rough outline of what's to come in this new um, framework agreement here. Then the uh, the administrations will go and actually write the paper or fill in the details. So we're very low on details right now, but there are a few things that we can talk about specifically with respect to agri-stability and, and also um, with respect to uh, climate change and tying that into business risk management. Yeah, and, and one of the I think one of the the key points that stuck out to me was that the contribution rate is is changing from seventy to eighty percent. Talk about that for the first year of this framework, which is twenty twenty three. Uh, we kind of know what to expect from agri-stability because they've told us that the one change to it is this move in the contribution rate. Um, The contribution rate doesn't change where the program triggers. You still need a 30% drop in your margin relative to your history in order for benefits to trigger. The contribution rate is the number of cents you get on the dollar once the program starts triggering. So that's very important for for people to understand. And it's also very important for people to know what their margin is, what it's comprised of, so that they know what kinds of cost increases, what kinds of production decreases, price decreases might trigger payment for them. It's different for every farm. They've got to finish the industry consultations on agri-stability here in the next year. And, And they mention faster and more predictable uh, in the agri- from an agri-stability agri- model perspective. And when we, you know, real agri-studies, we did a survey of what people want to have out of agri-stability in the go-forward, and simplicity was the word that continued to rise to the top from farmers that we surveyed. When, when you hear them talk about more predictive, faster models, what, what, like what needs to happen, Steve, in, in your opinion? Well, I, I think that your simplicity objective is actually built in there. Because in order to make it faster, you have to make it simpler. So, you know, what, what's coming with that? We're not exactly sure. But one, one thing that I will mention is that I heard, I heard people, I've heard people say about agri-stability, they don't like the fact that it's a one-size-fits-all model. And what they might not be recognizing is that Agri-stability is actually a smart program. It is completely tailored to their specific farm. So it's, it's smart. If it was a missile, it would be heat-seeking. Now, as we go to a simpler, faster, more predictive model, we take away some of that tailoring to the specific farm. 
So it's not really a one size fits all model. It's a, it's a model that fits for the specific farm right now. And it might be moving to more of a one size fits all model. I think you have to start um, relying on benchmarks and, and things like that in order to simplify the program, make it faster. But I want to ask you about the, the, the farm groups and the provincial ministers, a lot of them talking about how the funding envelope had to get bigger and it did get bigger. It went up $500 million. Well, it's always nice to see the funding envelope increase. Um, that 500 million that's cost shared 60, 40. I think they'd already put an extra billion in there that the federal government funded on its own, but half of that 500 million is going towards climate change incentives and the other half we're not exactly sure right now but again that's not a bad thing that's just because the rest of the paper hasn't been written this has been your real agriculture update it's your agro weather forecast on the source 620 ckrm the official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 3521866 and Moose Jock Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in. No appointment necessary or visit moosejogtruckshop.com. Today it's sunny with a high of 30 and a low of 13. Tomorrow to start the weekend there's increasing cloudiness in the morning with a high of 29 and a low of 13. And on Sunday a high of 26 and a low of 15. And on Saskatchewan Day Monday sunny once again with a high of 29 and a low of 15. The normal high for today is 26 and the normal low for today is 11. Sunrise was at 522 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 8.48 tonight. Around the province at this hour, in Estevan, it's 25. Yorkton, 24. Swift Current and Moose Jaw at 27. Weyburn at 24. And in Regina, it's 24 degrees. We'll be back. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, McDougallAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems. Expect the best. Tomorrow is National Food Day, and along with provinces across the nation, Saskatchewan will be celebrating. Bryce Lewins, a public trust specialist with the Regional Services Branch with the Ministry of Agriculture, says that the day is an opportunity to showcase Canadian cuisine and the people who create it. So the province is proclaiming July 30th as Food Day Canada in Saskatchewan. The day is an opportunity to celebrate the farmers, ranchers, agribusinesses, and cooks that produce and contribute to Canadian cuisine. Saskatchewan produces world-class, environmentally sustainable products that feed people all over the world. It's important to take opportunities such as Food Day Canada to tell the stories of Saskatchewan agriculture and help to build public trust. Why is a day like Food Day so important to celebrate? Um, Saskatchewan produces uh, sustainable products that feed people all over the world, and it's important to celebrate the hard work of the agriculture industry. 
Building public trust is a strategic priority for our government, and it is key to the agriculture industry's sustained growth. Food Day Canada is an opportunity to connect consumers with the agriculture industry and to educate people about where and how their food is grown. How did Food Day get started? Food Day Canada began as an initiative to support beef producers in 2003 in response to a sanctioning of beef exports. Since then, it's evolved into a celebration of all the elements of the Canadian food industry, including farmers and ranchers. And how do campaigns such as Food Day help build public trust with agriculture producers? Saskatchewan producers are proud to grow safe, healthy and affordable food for people at home and around the world. Celebrating Food Day Canada helps connect consumers with where their food comes from by highlighting the farmers and ranchers that grow the products consumers serve at their dinner tables. Agriculture is the foundation of our province and an economic driver. It is important that we keep public, the public informed about where their food comes from. According to the Canadian Centre for Food Integrity Research, there's a strong relationship between transparency and trust. So when consumers understand and trust the work of our producers, their perception of the agriculture industry improves. And how does one celebrate Food Day? If you know a producer, thank them. If you have a meal that you're proud of, post it online. Um, If you want to learn more information about Food Day Canada, you can visit fooddaycanada.ca or if you have uh, questions about public trust and agriculture, you can visit saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture. Everyone eats food and we all have to be proud of the, the food that we have on our plates. So this is just a day to reflect on that and enjoy Canadian made food. That was Bryce Lewins, a public trust specialist. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com And as we head into the long weekend, PI Financial's Adam Piccalo gives us an update on what happened with the markets this week. Well, Tanner, looking at November canola, we saw a nice rally here this week. Today, we are up approximately $20 a ton to eight. 8- 82 a ton and that puts it up uh, November canola approximately $80 a ton on the week so we're getting close to that $900 a ton level again on the Minneapolis wheat front we've seen this week an increase of about 25 cents a bushel today we are giving back a, a little bit of the weekly gain we're down approximately 14 cents a bushel on the day sitting about $9.14. So clients have been asking, you know, what has been one of the the main causes here for canola this week? Uh, a few main things, you know, the first is, is we've seen a substantial rally in the soybean market, um, approximately up about 50 cents a bushel here today. And before today rallied about $1.80. And that has really uh, helped 
surge soybean oil as well too and it's reached really the highest level now since kind of earlier this month and that's been quite supportive for the canola market here with with the vegetable oils going higher the the weather forecast does look quite threatening for the beginning of August for the soybean U.S. crop um, as really hot and dry weather um, can lower the potential yield for soybeans. So if uh, really just a simple five-year yield average is used on the, the U.S. crop right now, we could actually have a record low ending stocks. And uh, that's just something, again, that can really potentially help support kind of canola going forward um, and as well too talking with clients across the prairies in some areas especially in Saskatchewan uh, the crops definitely need some rain and, and aren't looking too good so um, we might have seen that $800 a ton um, kind of earlier this week as potential support or a floor um, and if we see again $900 a ton go through that level that $1,000 uh, level could be in sight if uh, things do continue fundamentally. Anything else of note that you've been telling your clients or that our, our listeners should know regarding the markets? Well, one of the, the things that, again, I watch for clients as well, too, is the overall stock market as well, too. I do retirement investing for clients there. And we have seen WTI oil increase quite a bit here the last few days above that $100 barrel. Uh, and we have seen some positive earnings um, on the stock market side of things uh, with actually particularly uh, Amazon rallying over 10% today, Apple up on strong earnings as well too and uh, how that relates to the commodity side is if we have a bit of a risk off feeling on the stock side uh, we could see funds really more I would say generous when it comes to going long on the grain side. So if risk, again, is a little bit uh, subsided more, we could see if the weather stays the same, funds might get a little bit more active on the long side on the grain markets. That was PI Financial's Adam Bacallo. We'll hear from him in about an hour with the closing grain prices. We'll be right back after this break. The market updates on the source. 620 CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace Gridner. Your market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Don't put off your summer projects. Freeze Tallman delivers. Pr- Offers delivery to your rural or lake country property and by Sass Pork. Perfect pork, our passion, our province. Learn more at sasspork.com. Looking at the latest Viterra Price Golds, Durham at 408.87, feed barley 282.87, Tignola 855.22, that's up 18 points, chickpeas 970.04, flax 762.67, lentils 737.50, oats 321.53, yellow peas 459.71, feed wheat 330.30, and one red spring wheat is 410.44. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now here's the latest Livestock Quotes. 
This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report Heartland Nice Talk here in Moosha. 325 on offer to our Tuesday regular sale. I thought this cow market was just a touch lower here this week. A dollar twelve to nineteen. A sales rate up to one twenty-two on them top top end cows. A dollar two to eleven on these medium type cows. The good bulls one thirty-three to forty-one. Sales rate up to one forty-three seventy-five. Lots of them starting to show up like we did have thirty-one big bulls this week. Light run of yearlings on offer, but they sold to a strong strong demand. We're expecting 600 yearlings for our off-truck sale here Tuesday, August 9th. For more information, give Heartland and Moose Jaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and buy Western Egg Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. And while many across the country have been struggling to get enough money to pump gas at more than $2 a liter at times, oil companies are reporting record profits. Calgary-based Imperial Oil's second quarter profit soared to $2.41 billion, more than six times higher than a year ago. In the U.S., ExxonMobil earned a record $17.85 billion in profit in just three months. In case you're wondering, that is over $1,400 per second. Chevron made a record $11.62 billion. Again, that's not earnings. That's money left after all the expenses are paid. On the markets, the TSX is up 226 points. The Dow Jones is up 187. Oil is up 328 to $79.17 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down 8 one-hundredths of a cent to even $78 US. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of this show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges that growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's been Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner and Jim Smalley will be back with everyone on Tuesday. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.